Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is it! The time has come! Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night podcast from TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall. As ever, it is an absolute pleasure to be in your company. Now, if you can't make it with us on a Saturday evening at 9 o'clock live on the radio, then it's okay. All you've got to do is make sure you hit the subscribe button on your iTunes or your podcast feed to make sure you never miss any of our fight-related content courtesy of TalkSport. Week after week, we bring you the very biggest names in the game. And this week, we spoke to... What many would class as a pound-for-pound great, a man that stepped up way beyond his means to welterweight to take on Errol Spence. He came up short, but he's back taking on Jesse Vargas in the not-too-distant future. The one and only Mikey Garcia was on the show. You can hear from him very, very shortly. We also spoke uh, at quite a decent level about Clarissa Shields and her record-breaking night, just Friday night, just gone. And, of course, we caught up with Dominic Ingle and Kid Galahad about their... uh, about their plans for 2020. Now, we'll kick off the show by talking about Josh Taylor, because if you're into your boxing, you'll know about this story, and it's probably the biggest story of last week. Josh Taylor splitting with Barry McGuigan and Cyclone Productions and signing with Top Rank. This week, we obviously got the news about Josh Taylor signing for top rank. Now, when I first when I first saw this, Gareth, I thought that's a stroke of genius because he's at that stage now where he's the unified champion. What does he do next? He goes over and takes over America. Who does he do it with? He does it with the biggest broadcaster in ESPN. I thought it was an absolute quality move. And at the point of knowing that information that he'd signed for top rank, I didn't necessarily knew that there was a, an altercation or a split or, or, or something in the ranks with his previous uh, management company of Cyclone, Barry McGuigan, uh, and the, his former trainer, Shane McGuigan. And then obviously that came out later on in the day, and I was a little bit taken aback by it because I thought that that relationship was watertight. And I'm a little bit... I don't really know how to feel about it because I've always been in top praise of Cyclone's relationship with uh, Josh Taylor and how they've managed him and how they've pushed him forward. I mean, he's an elite amateur. We've seen so many elite amateurs 
come through, turn professional, and then kind of tread water for a long period of time and fight tin cans. Josh Taylor most certainly hasn't done that, and I put that down to the matchmaking at Cyclone and pushing him through very, very quickly to get into where he's at right at this moment in time, taking on some elite stellar uh, uh, opposition. And we've seen last year, of course, beating Ivan Brancic and then going on to have that super fight where Regis progressed in the World Boxing Super Series. And for him to now cut ties right at this moment in time, I don't know how I feel about it. It's a great move going with top rank, but leaving Cyclone, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but I, I don't know how I feel. Where are you at with it? Um, I'm disappointed. Um, you know, I, I, I think the I can remember when Josh was still developing and Carl Frampton was still with Cyclone Promotions with the McGuigans, going to um, Sean Porter's gym uh, in, in, in the north part of the, the Strip in yeah. Las Vegas, where his gym is, and spending time with Josh. And he was kind of cutting his teeth, if you like, um, out in Las Vegas when, when Carl was, was, you know, kind of on his run at the time you know when he was ring magazine fighter of the year yeah. having a brilliant run in in sin city um and america um and he and you know he he you know he fitted very neatly into that whole setup but as we know carl frampton and the mcguigans parted ways and you know we've seen this through history i mean barry mcguigan himself parted ways with barney eastwood his manager and it, it's a shame to see history repeating itself i mean you know that they're, they're all great people to deal with um it would have been nice to try and get josh on the show tonight we did speak to him um but we couldn't get him he's at a family function tonight we did he has responded to us but he can't make it onto the onto the wires tonight if you like onto the wireless as That's we might have cool. said you've got, got full wireless I, there on us i went full <laughs> full 1920s then didn't yeah I? people listen digitally now you know <laughs> no, I know, but but no, it's it's disappointing. Um, but on the but at the same time, it's um, a great move. The top rank move is a great move. No, ESPN, of course, it is. they'll do wonders for his career. And with top rank having Ramirez, who is the other unified champion at his particular weight, they've obviously got that they've got that carrot that they can dangle. Maybe if he moves up to welterweight and fights the Terence Crawford. Well, I was coming some, to that. All of those some fights, super super fights for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, it's it's the breaking of the the relationship with this with Cyclone. Listen, we don't know the ins and outs. We don't know what's going on. We don't know about their personal relationships. But just from the outside looking in, I thought Cyclone did a wonderful job to this point of getting Josh Taylor where he is right now and for me last I completely year agree. British I mean, fighter of the year th th look, there's a, I completely agree look, um, top rank arguably has one of these stables in the world all the way up to Tyson Fury uh, at heavyweight of course you know um, MTK Global um, you know ESPN top rank at Frank Warren BT Sport obviously it's a, it's a whole a liaison there between four or five parties but you look at the you look down the down the kind of uh, the stable, the ranks yeah. at ESPN, and and it really is top rank at the moment. Bob Arum's outfit, um, you know, Bob is eighty eight years young, and <laughs> and and he's still going strong. But he's got a great team there who've been at it twenty thirty years. Um, Lee Samuels, um, Bruce Trampler, all these guys that have been there with him for twenty thirty, some of them even thirty five years. They know what they're doing. And they have great leverage at the moment. Um, that deal that he signed with ESPN, which mm. is a very powerful sports mover in the US. I mean, just for, for example, the, the promotion of the Deontay Wilder-Tyson Fury fight, which has been very unusual. Um, we haven't had the traditional 
type of uh, build-up to their fight. No. Um, I believe a, we're getting a press conference on Monday for that No, there's fight, a press conference we? in Los Angeles on Monday, but mm. we, we haven't had Deontay Wilder over here. Um, they... they, they um, look to push things out as they did when the the um, the college football American football playoffs had an audience of sixty million a couple of weekends ago. They've done yeah. it in a, in a in a different type of way. They've done it with they're looking for a mainstream audience. They're not looking for a fight sports audience necessarily. And I think it, it's a very good place to be at the moment with ESPN and Top Rank because they're very powerful movers and shakers. Mm. Um, on, on, in, in a counterpoint, in a way, to the power of Matchroom and Eddie Hearn and, and the, the developing, growing DAZN outfit in America, which you talk about the digital matters yeah. there. You know, it dwarfs DAZN. At this moment, it's at, at this it. moment, it does. I mean, but, you know... Everyone has to start somewhere. Of course. Um, you know, look at what Box Nation, they've stayed alive. They, they've done a deal now with, with Premier Sports, but they're also, yep. you can get them when, if you've got BT Sports subscription. Look what Frank Warren's done with that in the last eight years. Um, mm. You know, there have been some amazing fights on there. They haven't had the credit they deserve for creating an all-boxing channel, the first one ever globally. I mean, I spoke to Frank on the phone um, yesterday afternoon, actually, just to catch up as you do and um, you know we talked all things Tyson Fury and the split with Ben Davison his excitement at Daniel Dubois um, you know that his son George um, still working very hard with Box Nation it's not going anywhere it, it's fascinating there are so many you know there, there are so many diverse things going on in the sport at the moment it, it, these are halcyon days for the sport because it's strong in broadcast terms and it's growing in digital terms and you know we can celebrate the fact that we mm. are you know um you and i you know we're traveling the world covering it at the moment it's an absolute yeah. privilege and a pleasure absolutely uh, from a from a british fight fans point of view and if you're a big fan of josh taylor you might be a little bit concerned obviously because he has signed now with an american promoter and an american television channel so does that mean he's going to be fighting quite a lot over in the states i'm led to believe that his next fight which will be his mandatory challenger for his ibf strap that he currently holds obviously it's super lightweight against con song uh we're led to believe that that will take place in the uk we know that bob's a big fan of the uk we know that he understands the market here in the uk and well we not only that, that adam not only that you yeah, talk to bob to come here. you yeah. talk to bob about to the here. uk he also says he loves the fans here yeah. this is a place he said you know the thing is in america even with deontay wilder they don't get more than eight and nine, eight or nine thousand people for him fighting at the Barclays Center in yeah. Brooklyn, New York, or or in Las Vegas. They don't get the twenty thousands, thirty thousands, forty thousands that we get here. And he says that there is no greater place in the world to go in terms of fan support, bums on seats, as the UK. Look, when it comes to the big fights uh, with, uh, let's say, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. They will try and do it in America because yeah, that's with, where the money is to, is to even be made. With, even with Josh to, to an extent, you would, you would anticipate that there would be some New York, Madison Square Garden efforts. There will be some Las Vegas. Listen, the fans love those specific days where you can go and have a little bit of a travel. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of Ricky Hatton from back in the day and we used to do it all the time. But it's always nice to have your homegrown talent still fighting on these shows. I think next time, the first time out, he's mandatory challenger for Josh. I think you'll get it in the UK. You might have to travel over the next year or so, but I think there'll be sporadic moments where he does come back to the UK and have some of those big blockbuster fights. Because as Gareth just said there, Bob is a big fan of the UK fan base, and I don't think we will get neglected. So don't be too concerned at this moment in time. There will be Josh Taylor fights, I think, happening here in the UK. Thank mm-hmm. you.
Now, on Friday night, double Olympic gold medalist Clarissa Shields set a professional boxing record. She became the first person to become a three-weight world champion, and she did it within 10 fights. The previous record held by Vasyl Lomachenko, he managed to do it in 12 fights. Clarissa Shields really is setting new boundaries. She's even doing it back to front. Most people hit a weight, then move up. She's decided to hit a weight and move down. She's gone from super middleweight to middleweight. Now she's at super welterweight. Can she come even further? Me and Gareth discussed. Gareth there, Davis, alongside me. We had a little bit of action in the world of boxing last night as Clarissa Shields came down in weight again. In have you just unzipped something? No, I no, I, I no. I, what are you doing? I, I, what are you I know doing? you heard Don't be getting that out. I, what are you playing? I know you, you heard. That? No, listen, listen. It's not. I unzipped myself there, but only my jacket. You know, Good I was getting point. a bit warm in the studio. I know it sounded like I was unzipping lower down, but That's it wasn't. I was unzipping higher up. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fight night, baby. It is. Now, Heat's listen, on. last night there was a little bit of action over in uh, the United States of America where Clarissa Shields stepped down in weight once again. Obviously, she's become a world champion at super middle. She was the undisputed champion at middleweight and now stepping down to 154 pounds, uh, became the unified champion last night um, and setting a new world record. The first person, male or female, uh, to manage to become a three-weight world champion within 10 fights. The previous record was obviously Vasyl Lomachenko doing it within 12 fights. She set a new record. I don't know if you've ever been in her company, Gareth, right? But no, I, was I, look, I, I was lucky enough to meet her at the back end of last year. She attended UFC uh, 245 in New York, and she was just there as a guest, obviously maybe touting for a fight with Amanda Nunes. I'm sure we'll come on with that in a minute. She's 24 years of age, this kid. Double Olympic gold medalist. Obviously now a three-weight world champion. And Sometimes you're around people and they just give off this superstar vibe. There's something about somebody. I mean, we've interviewed countless amounts of fighters and people from the world of sport over the years. And the odd one comes along and they just give off this radiation. Clarissa Shields has got it. I don't know what it is. I can't describe it. But she has got superstar power. Well, get this. I mean, I've known her. Since uh, early 2012, Ad, um, I was I had the privilege of interviewing her at the Olympic Games in London, mm. and um, God, she was 16 then, you know, um, and she was a physical terror, um, and you know she she went hammer and tongs at all her, her opponents. You only had to win three fights to yeah. to be the gold medalist at, at that stage. Um, but what I've been really delighted about her, as you say, um, she she broke the record, um, becoming a, a three weight world champion as a professional in just ten fights with the win. Uh, third time of uh, asking in terms of this fight being staged, of course. Um, we must add, by the way, we're, we're doing a, a disservice to Kasai Tanaka, who who matched um, the mark of Vasyl Lomachenko in 2018 and also became a three-weight yeah. world champion. But she... What I've loved about her is seeing not just winning world championships in three weight divisions, but how finessed she has become as a boxer over the last eight years. She's got all the styles. She has the power. She has the movement. She's got great head movement. I mean, we saw that against Christina Hamer. She, mm. she had brilliant movement that night and completely outclassed one of the great modern women boxers. I really do think... She's going to go on. We talk about Katie Taylor being yeah. brilliant. I really do think that um, Clarissa is probably going to go on to be one of the great superstars of boxing. And you're right. She does have an aura about her. Mm. She has a bit of a frightening aura about her yeah, as well. But, but I kind of like it because oh, yeah. 
the for all the talent that other fighters have got in the ring, I mean, with the so many talented fighters that we come across, and we watch them and we think, woof, blooming heck, you've got a little bit of something about you. But then you put a microphone in front of their face and you just think to yourself, that's where you're going to fall down. It's going to take you maybe longer to get to the levels that you want to get to because you don't have the mouth. You're not as quick-witted. And this is no slight on those. I just think that fighting comes in two parts. It comes with what you do in the ring or the octagon, and it also comes with what you do on the microphone. And Clarissa Shields, whatever, like I say, whatever it is, you come across, you come across them every now and again. She has got it. She knows what to say, when to say it, how to say it, how to carry herself. And then when she gets in the ring, she backs it up. And that, if for me, will really transcend with the casual audience. And I think that's what makes superstars. That's what's going to get her on, you know, the, the Ellen DeGeneres shows and the Oprah Winfrey shows and all those types of TV programs that then transcend you into becoming movie stars and, and making well, different types of wealth, you know? Yeah, there's, there's things about, I, I love it, that she's making history, but she calls it her story. Her yes. story. She's yeah. got. She wears the crown. She has her hair dyed. She's she's from the hood. She's from Flint, Michigan. I'm obviously Grand Rapids, Michigan is where the her story is unbelievable. It's, it's a very very story. unbelievable story. She's the kind of person, like you say, whose life will be made into a movie. There's a lot of anger inside her. But what's happened is since her success, that development. She was really, you know, she was really a girl from the projects in London 2012. She found it very hard to be interviewed. She had a very stern look on her face all the time she takes no messing mm. um and what i like about her she really does have that physical wherewithal and i really do think she will have a mixed martial arts fight i agree i think she will go into the ufc i think she will have a go at it at some point it would not surprise me at all to see her fight the likes of amanda nunes um who people consider one of the greatest female mixed martial artists ever um, I think it's still debatable. I think Amanda's still got a way to go um, to be the very best to overtake um, Chris Cyborg Santos because of the the the, the, the longevity of, of her career. Even though Nunes even has though beaten she blitzed her, I mean, she yeah, blitzed but, her. But she's thirty-seven years old. She's you know completely fought the wrong fight against Nunes that night. Mm. Um, but no, Nunes is special. There's no question about it. She's a wonderful person. You know, um, a great role model for the LGBTQ community. Yeah. All of that stuff again another amazing story i mean i i have to say this more and more often i mean i'm doing a big cover story for fighters only magazine at the moment on just how interesting mm. or maybe more interesting women are in mma than the men oh, frankly no question about, no um, question about it and, and i think caressa fits into that that timeline of this is the rise of the women in fight sports and and i think it, it's 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 again it's a great thing to be witnessing uh, in in our generation, in, in what we do, to see so many women coming to the fore. And, and look, I do think that Clarissa Shields is head and shoulders above all the other women in the sport at the moment, like you say, mm. for the story outside the ring and what she's providing in terms of entertainment in it. Mm. I just think with the, the way that she, like you've just mentioned there, the way that she is now coming down in weight, it's, it's very rare. This obviously in, in fight sports, we're used to seeing people going up in weight to achieve uh, further ambition. She's come down from 168. She's now down at 154. For those that don't know too much about mixed martial arts, Amanda Nunes is the 135 and 145 champion. So she's getting closer and closer and closer. And all this week, through when people were putting microphones in her face, obviously they were talking about this opportunity of becoming a, a world champion once again at 154 pounds in the world of boxing to Clarissa Shields. But she kept banging that drum. By the end of this year, I will be fighting in mixed martial arts. I will make that crossover. 
And what's different with her compared to others? I mean, we've seen, obviously, James Tony, for example, came over at the back end of his career, didn't he? And we've seen people go the other way, where Conor McGregor, for example, has gone into the world of boxing. This girl's 24 years mm. of age. 24 mm. years of age. Don't get me wrong. She's, she's not training jiu-jitsu. She's not training wrestling or anything like that. But she's young. She's fresh. She's absolutely frightening with her hands. I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if she made a big impact when she came over to the world of mixed martial arts. Absolutely. Look, I mean, her quotes yesterday on, on victory were fantastic against uh, Habazin. Um, as Shield said, Ed, I'm the greatest woman of all time because she couldn't do nothing with me. Zero. I just want to be a better fighter, that's all. And she wants to grow women's boxing. I want us to have equal pay, yep. equal opportunity. I'd love to share a card with Deontay Wilder, Errol Spence. I want to be in with the likes of those guys. And only yesterday, my colleague Fiona Thomas did an interview with Caroline Dubois, mm. the, 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 the sister of Daniel Dubois, saying, saying how she would love to be and emulate Clarissa Shields and that's what I want to hear she's become a role model that's for it. young women coming through trailblazer this is what the sports needs you know I mean we've we've had people in the world in in the male game blaze a trail Floyd is one of those people that blaze the trail and therefore people are now getting paid money that they wouldn't necessarily have been paid previously because he obviously started to set benchmarks they're not getting Floyd Mayweather money don't get me wrong but he started to push that barrier up for people and we need people in the female game to be doing a similar thing Clarissa Shields without any shadow of a doubt is that person I just want to give a quick mention as well to a person that you mentioned on last week's show Gareth uh, Jaron Ennis we both pointed him out as one to watch this year he was absolutely sensational last night. I don't know mm, about mm. his his opponent couldn't live with him for four rounds. Absolutely battered the living daylights out of him. Had him uh, down uh, twice in the first round. Finished him in the fourth. Big things expected for him in a very, very deep welterweight division. Do you think he can make an inroad by the back end of the year to be really knocking on the door, to be challenging the likes of a, a Crawford or a Spence or a Pacquiao, those types of guys that are holding belts up there? They won't rush it? him. They, I don't yeah. think they'll rush him. Look, he's 15-0 and 0 with 15 knockouts. Um, he's got everything in his boots that he needs. Every time he steps between the ropes, he produces Adam. And there's no need to rush him. I think they'll wait perhaps uh, a year, a year and a half, till he's had 20 fights uh, before they put him in with the likes of those guys. Because he's golden at the moment. And, you know, uh, that's just it. I just think that he mustn't be rushed. And by the way, while we're... I forgot to mention just now, yeah. um, there's a brilliant documentary about Clarissa Shields, by the way, um, T-Rex, Her Fight for Gold, yeah, it's good. Uh, made by Barry Jenkins, that, or the, written by Barry Jenkins, absolutely must watch, because it's... I don't want to talk about what happened to her in no. her personal life on air, because you ought to watch the documentary, and, and you understand the harrowing stuff that she's been through, and she's one of the reasons why we're so inspired by many of these characters that we talk about and write about and broadcast about and interview mm. in this sport. Because what a lot of fighters come through is survival to be brilliant people. Now, whenever we get our next guest on the show, I can never decide whether we're talking about boxing or whether it's going to be a stand-up comedic routine. The Leeds favourite himself, Josh Warrington, joined us to talk about all things that are going on in his life and, of course, his plans for 2020. Obviously, his football team are doing extremely well this season. They're bouncing, but they've had a, they've had a shocker today. They've had, they've, had, they've had a bad result, so I don't know how the chairman's going to be feeling. Are you all right, Josh? How are you feeling, mate? I'm not so bad, uh... Yeah, with a shocker today, absolute shocker. Um, I don't know what to say, really. 
Yeah, I'm going to move on from football. <laughs> Listen, the season's been going well, mate. You know what I mean? Your boys have been playing some good stuff. You did. A, you know, I know you didn't win the game against Arsenal, but a lot of people come off the back of that thinking Leeds can mix it in the Premier League. Have you got a little bit ahead of yourself? Is that what it is going into the game with Sheffield Wednesday today? I don't know, mate. I think we we, we had a good uh, performance down at Arsenal. We held yep. our own, and then I think mm. we just blew our load a little bit. And then today, probably should have been a few chances, and then... Uh, and then he'd just come back to bat his in backside in second half. But, um, you know, normally after after a football game, when I'm not in camp, like like fully strict in camp, I can normally try my sorrows in a kebab or something like that. But mm. I've, been, I've been doing that vegan thing. And, oh, uh, vegan, vegan you, ready? Is that what you're at now? A, l- a little bit of it, yeah. Like, uh, not not fully. I mean, I think we, we skipped for like first five days. But um, Come on, come on, come on. Listen, Josh, give us your diet then. Come on, what yeah, have you eaten on. today? Come well, on. Tonight, tonight, I've come home and uh, Mrs. is a bit of a wizard kitchen. She comes from a chef in background. And, yeah. Uh, we've had a bit of that tofu. With, uh... what, what to- what's that? To- tofu? What's a that? Bit, no, a bit yeah, of that yeah. tofu. <laughs> a bit of that tofu. We Honestly, rubber. It's like rubber. <laughs> <laughs> it's no good. It's no good for bowel movements either, but uh, anyway, that's another story. So, so tofu with what, though? Um, she did a bit of uh, vegetables and whatnot with it. You know, yeah. did it as like a bit of a stir fry. Um, so, like, uh, some fancy noodles in there, you know. What's fancy noodles? Fancy noodles? Have you never had fancy noodles? What's before? fancy noodles? Is that a Leeds thing? I don't thing? know. I, I just want to pack it out. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So you're doing vegan. <laughs> is this a permanent thing, Josh, so, or is it just till the end of January? Yeah, that's not, no, I don't think that is. I see it being a permanent thing, mate. You know what I mean? I, mm. I, uh, I, don't get me wrong. I think I could do uh, vegetarian. Be a, be a, I could be a vegetarian, but yeah. like even putting soy milk in the cup of coffee in the morning, it's oh, not right. Mate. You know what I mean? I'm, it's, oh, if I have a brew in the afternoon, it's spoiling me Yorkshire tea. It's not the same. Listen, not the same. listen, I've got to ask, right? Now, your every old time man, he Sean, comes on, mate. Right? No, no, every but... time he comes on, he's like this. Every time. No, he's no. more of a stand-up comedic <laughs> 15 minutes rather than talking <laughs> about... Go on, anyway, go on. Is, is, the, old, is the old man, Sean, doing Veganuary oh, as well? Is he? Is he, <laughs> <laughs> is he doing it? But I, I mentioned it to him. I said, listen, Johnny, you know... Going into 2020, and uh, you know you want to, you want to lose a bit of weight, and that. And what do you fancy? Hey, I'm not eating that rabbit food. <laughs> no good for me. A fellow like me, fine athlete like me, I can't be eating that rabbit food. That's this it. is what you want. Come on, let's go get a fry up. That, that, we've, got a new, we've got a new, gym. Um, oh, no, where where I live, and and over from from the gym, there's a there's a few coffee shops, and some of them are like they're really fancy, you know. You know, like twenty first century kind of coffee shops Proper. where. Oh, what you have to do? They don't take cash. You have to do it. You have to do yes, exactly, chip and pin yeah, or exactly tap. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They've yeah. got about twenty different coffees from, like, just from certain different villages <laughs> from from middle of Africa or wherever. Yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Coffee yeah. one was a spit and sawdust greasy spoon, and he absolutely loves it in there. It's one of them where you go in and you come out smelling like a chip fan. <laughs> Is that in the? That we, I think we saw that in the docu, didn't we? No, 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 you, no. That would, I think that might have been, might have been a different cafe. This one's up. It's, it's made its way to like his uh, his top favourite place in Leeds now. So yeah, I'd love to see a series. Sean O'Hagan's cafes of Leeds. Oh, that, 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 I'm, I'm, <laughs> get him on it. <laughs> Feed him some vegan food. That'll take it to the next level. <laughs> yeah, like, like Bush took a child, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Listen, let's talk fights, right? Yeah, I'm going to talk boxing anyway. Let's talk, let's talk some fights. No, let's carry yeah. on talking veganuary. This is <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. Well, this, this might be the new training regime for the fight that's coming up because we're, we're <laughs> yeah. hearing lots of talk about a unification with Shakir Stevenson. And, and we, we've heard from his promoter, Bob Arum, and, and Top Rank that they might be taking a fight in March. Against uh, Miguel Mariaga. Yeah. So that, where does that leave you then, mate? Because we were all geared up thinking to ourselves, May, June, we're going to go back to Ellen Road and we're going to uh, unify this division. Yeah, it leaves a little bit frustrated on him, to be honest with you. You know, we come away from the, the touch fight and then, you know, she care boxed around the same time yeah. and he's blocking up posters on, on social media saying, you know, Warrington, Stevenson, let's get it on. Let's, you know, I'll come over to the UK, I'll whack this chump, it's easy work and blah, blah, blah. And then it seems that you know, there's a bit of a stumbling block and he's not happy with uh, what Frank's offering him. He's not happy with this, he's not happy with that. And uh, I'm not one of you know, calls me upon himself over social media, but I took to uh, social media a few weeks back, took to Twitter and just, you know, I just said to him, let's, let's get it sorted. And then he's, again, he's gone, he's gone a little bit quiet and he's like, put your purse on it, boy, or some stuff like that. And then, um, and then all of a sudden he's, he's talking about going out in, in, in March, which I actually find ridiculous because if we're going to have a big unification fight over here at Ellen Road, a big stadium, then... You know, that time normally he's put into promoting the fight, yeah. you know, getting it sold and this and other. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's maybe a bit of a decoy. You know, like I'm saying, he fights in March and then if it comes out after that, oh, I've got an injury, or oh, I can't fight in quick succession after that. So so you don't think he yeah, really I, wants it? You don't think he no, fancies I think it? I think he's backtracking. I think he's backtracking, you know. Um, I think there's a lot of people around him who were blowing smoke up his backside. Telling him, he's a good fighter. I'm not taking that away from him. Yeah. You know, he's a talented fighter. But, uh, you know, I think, like, the, the the thing of being offered the fight and it's, it's there to take it, maybe maybe feels like he might need a few more under his belt. I mm-hmm. don't know. Josh, is there, is there I, I was with Kid Galahad, and we're going to hear him in a minute. I was with Kid Galahad, uh, Kelbrook and Dominic Ingle uh, mm-hmm. on Wednesday at a workout in London. Obviously, he's fighting on February the 8th in Sheffield. Is yeah. there a risk for you that, because that's a final eliminator, isn't it? Is there a risk mm-hmm. for you that you'll have to have a rematch with him? I'll just have to wait and see what happens, mate, to be honest with you. you know, before, um, before the end of New Year, I was thinking to myself, I'm in a, in a very good position, you know, looking at... Um, Potentially fighting Gary Russell Jr. Shook off yeah. Yeah. Kanju. That would always be my priority. You know, everyone I've beat uh, prior to, to these next fights, you know, I've, I've beaten and it's like now I've, I feel like I've deserved my opportunity to. You want to a unification? Yeah, you want you know, a uni- No, you deserve a unification. There's absolutely and, uh, no question about it. And but now it just seems like it's slowing up. You know, Gary Russell's already tied up mm. and he's and he's threatening to maybe after this one maybe he comes through and go up to Super Feather. Mm. Um, Kanju's, I don't know what they're they're what I'm saying. They're you know back and forth of if they want the fight or not, and then and same for Shakur. So it, boxing's a funny old sport. It's, it's tough at the top. Yeah, so know it is. Tougher when when it gets a world champion. I think AJ was saying, you know, uh, I think he said um, at some point last year that you know you be, you become a champion and it's even harder to. You know, to make things happen. Politics. Make things go your way, yeah. Well, Gareth just alluded to, obviously, that conversation that he had with Kid Galahad earlier on this week. Just take a listen to this, Josh. You know, as a fighter, when you get in that ring, you know when you lose and when you win. And I know for one million percent, you know, Josh knows 
he lost that fight. You know, I've seen it in his eyes, and you know, he can say what he wants to say. He can say this and he can say that, but I know, you know, in the back of his mind, he knows he lost that fight, and you know, and that, that's it. You know, all I've got to do is I'm on my path, he's on his path. If we clash again, you know, if we fight again, we fight again. You know, but I'm fully focused on Claudio Moreira and getting this kid out of the way. I've got to say there, Josh, first of all, that kid, we didn't hear it there. He said, listen, i got a job to do on February the 8th, first of all, even mm. though I'm saying, because I pushed those questions, of course, uh, yeah. to him. Um, he's got to get that job. He's up, up against a very tough kid on February the 8th, yeah. first of yeah. all. Yeah. How did you feel during that fight? Did you feel it was very close as the rounds were going on? Um... Well, you know, you know, he knows, you know, I know, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that up until halfway, the rounds were, were pretty tight. But mm. then I fought towards the back end, seven, eight, and especially when my dad gave me a bit of a rollicking in corner, um, going into championship rounds. You know, I created a bit of distance. Um, I can see how people watching it from the stands, people watching it from the television, I think, oh, bits of rounds are, are close. But like I say, going into the championship and certainly coming off my stolen, going into 12th, I feel like he had dipped so much in energy and, and the look on his face, he was just happy to see the final bell. And obviously, mm -hmm. as, as the final bell rang, and, you know, even before cards had been given into the ring, you know, Dominic came over to me and he, He's congratulating, saying we, we underestimated you on a certain thing. He comes over and he's just chuffed to receive final bell at Key Gallard. So it's like he's going to talk all this nonsense and rubbish again. But you know, it, it was different. It was different scenario on the night. Mm -hmm. um, you know what he was saying in the post fight press conference. What he was saying to me after. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just all talk. But I, I was I was comfortable. I won the fight. Obviously, I was frustrated halfway through at some points because I know it wasn't the performance that I was looking for. Um, but when we got to, like like I say, going to the last couple of rounds, I know we're doing enough to, to win the fight. Um, on reflection of, of the whole occasion and night, you know, I felt like a lot of energy and time was wasted in the build-up. And obviously, it seemed the build-up a lot busier than the fight itself. But, um, it, you know, we're not all going to be pretty. They're not all going to be fighting year contenders. Mm. And, uh, you know, I've seen as we get the win and we move on. Josh, I've got to say, um, the thing is about you, you have nothing to prove to anyone. I know you've probably got a lot still to prove to yourself because you're such a competitor and you, um, you grew if you like, the, the analogy that you grew inside a small bowl and then you smashed out with those victories against Lee Selby and Carl Frampton and you proved everybody wrong. And I hold my yeah. hands up as well. You know that. Um, yeah. you, you, you've done a brilliant job. I, I would just urge patience because Joe Calzaghe had to be patient in the end. Carl Froch had to be patient in the end. And it all came through for them where they had those mega fights in the end, where they secured their family's future forever. The, the, and you the, just the, keep, need to keep doing what you're doing. It's as yeah. simple as that. The problem is, is that you, you've just had 
you, you, those two mega fights, the one with Selby and the one with Frampton, they were mega fights and there was momentum there. Yeah. And I can understand your frustration off the back of the last year, especially that with that, you feel maybe that momentum's just stagnated a little bit and you want to get that momentum going again. I agree with you, mate. Listen, Stevenson's the fight. That's the fight that every single fan yeah, listening right. to this right now wants yeah. to see. They want to go to Ellen Road. They want Shakur Stevenson because they know his name. He's got a world title and they want to see you. And, and he's cocky. He's the right type of... Yeah, he's perfect. He's absolutely perfect. It's a bit of a mouth. I understand what you're saying, Gareth. I understand about being patient and things like that. But the difference between them fighters, what you mentioned, and myself is them fighters in the heavier division have a little bit more longevity. You know, they seem to go a little bit longer than, than what us, fev- us featherweights do. And the featherweight division is constantly chopping and changing with mm. professional talent coming through, former mm. Olympians turning over. And, and the clan ladder very, very quickly. You look at the, the top 10 ring magazine rankings and, and some of the fighters in there have only had like 11 fights. And obviously, uh, like I say, he moves, he moves very fast. I don't want to be in the game, like, until I'm a pensioner, you know what I mean? I want to be yeah. in the game. I want to be in the, these big fights now. And, and like, Adam, um, like Adam just said then, you know, when you've got momentum behind you and when you're a world champion, you want to be part of these big nights. You want to be part of these big fights. And it's what gets the fans excited. And it's certainly what gets me excited as well. So I want to keep on making a, a legacy. Um, keep on winning these big fights and when I'm in the gym you know I'm working on certain things when there's talks of me and these big these other big names these Shukra Stevensons these Gary Russells mm. it gets me excited it gives Motivates me motivates you tingles, yeah. Yeah, yeah tingling belly and all that so mm. it's the fights that I want to be part of I want to be part of the, the big nights and, uh, and make history Listen, get yourself a flight, February 8th, Gary Russell's fighting, isn't he? Get yourself over there, mate, and start causing a little bit of havoc. Start, take a little bit of an RV over Take the old man with you as well, because yeah, he'll, he'll cause trouble, yeah. we know That's that. That's it, a few leads but tunes they... in the audience, and everybody will be thinking, what's this here now? And then next thing you know, you're out to Madison Square Garden, pal. Take a bit of tofu in pocket, chuck it from, <laughs> uh, from ringside. Start throwing that in ring. Oh, dear, the right there. Perfect, perfect. Listen, as ever, man. Anyway, thank you enjoy so much the for rest of Veganuary as well, by the way. <laughs> I'll try. He's just ordered a pizza. He's just ordered a pizza. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Cheers, Josh. Thank Cheers, you mate. very Take much. Take care, pal. See you in a bit. Uh, Josh Warrington there, sensational. It is absolutely listen, brilliant. Frustrat- yeah, he's brilliant, but it's a frustrating time for him, as, as we were just saying there. The Selby fight, the, the, the Frampton fight, they were banging. They were brilliant. No, but the thing is, the, the, I've, I've been around long enough to know, and of course. mentioning those other people, that it's look how frustrating it was for Callum Smith and how it all came right in the end. Still, yes. Well, he's still in that situation now. He's, he's in, frustrated in again, he isn't he? Is. I mean, the thing is, we can sit here and dream about the biggest fights we want. I think we're going to talk about it at some point next, but... the, the, the you know, it, the, the stars have to align. Things mm. have to fall into place. And I think sometimes when you wish it on yourself too quickly, it doesn't work out right. It will work out for Josh Warrington. He Karmically, he is already a big star. He has a massive following in Leeds. It's brilliant. Those stadium fights of his are extraordinary. Mm. He will make it. I know he's hungry to go to, to the USA. We all want to cross the pond and conquer. All of us, Adam. And That's we'll it. do it next week, of course, in every shape. <laughs> and form but I do think it'll come good for him in the long term Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds and they're ready to ship to your door 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, from one of the best fighters that we've got on our shows that are most certainly cutting it on a world level to one of the very best across the pond. Pound for pound legend Mikey Garcia is back. He's fighting at welterweight against Jesse Vargas uh, in February and we decided to catch up with him ahead of that bout and his plans after this event if he obviously comes through successful. A certain Manny Pacquiao's name was mentioned a couple of times during this conversation and, of course, other bouts that he fancies at welterweight. Mikey Garcia, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Uh, hello, guys. Thank you. Thank you. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Listen, <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to uh, to have you on the show, obviously, ahead of your uh, upcoming bout um, with uh, Jesse Vargas. We've seen you, obviously, promoting that fight this week in uh, uh, in various parts of America and obviously in, uh, in Dallas as well. Um, my first question towards you, Mikey, obviously, we've been uh, a champion at multiple weights, and I've no doubt you had plenty of options to maybe fight at 140 and uh, 135. Um, you've chosen to come back at... Is he, hang on, hang on, Ed. He's on is a he, motorbike. Is he, a, is he on a motorbike at the moment? <laughs> yeah. Or is he in a muscle car? <laughs> uh, you've, you've chosen to come back at welterweight and fight at 147. What's, what's the thought process behind that? Well, um, you know, I obviously was not satisfied with the last performance. And, you know, I, I feel that there's a lot more that I can uh, deliver even at 147, you know, even at the welterweight limit. And I just want to show everybody that I can be a key player, that I can be a contender, a serious contender at the welterweight limit. And that's why we decided to uh, take this fight with uh, Jesse Vargas, uh, you know, full-fledged uh, welterweight who, who is actually, you know, much bigger naturally than I am. And just to give, you know, clear, clear some of those doubts and, and, and questions that people have. We, we, we can't have any doubts about you, Mikey. Miguel Angel Garcia Cortés. Nice, um, that's good. That. That's good. Well, él el, el sabe que yo hablo español, es, es verdad. Oh, don't do that, because I, um, I can't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, you've long been a guy that who, who I've... Uh, as a as a journalist in the sport, who I've always looked up to, and it's you know on the, on the few occasions that I have been able to, able to interview in Las Vegas and so on, interviewed you after your long layoff when you were in dispute with with Bob Arum, of course. And um, I, I, one of the things that um that, that I've always questioned: why did you go up 
to welterweight to face Errol Spence? And and I asked this. I know what the obvious answer is. When you know that he had what was it a four or five inch height advantage, all those kind of things. Why? test yourself against a tricky, difficult southpaw at welterweight, rather than going in against a Manny Pacquiao who we want to see you fight this year, I hope, because uh, I think he's a perfect kind of fighter for you. Well, I, look, we considered uh, fighting other welterweights as well, but some of the other names were not available, and I honestly wanted to just test myself against the best. I wanted to challenge myself. Um, and, and Errol Spence was, was the man. You know, he is the man. And I just wanted to get in there and, and, and show what I can do. Unfortunately, things didn't go as I planned, of course. You know, it was just, you know, uh, not the, the, the right night for me. And, and that's just the way it is. Boxing happens to be, you know, sometimes you have those nights. So it's okay. You put that in the back, move forward. I would, I would love to fight Manny Pacquiao. I think that would be a terrific matchup. I think, you know, in size, a little more comparable in size and, and and I uh, have a, a few more things that that I think uh, can make the fight more interesting and more exciting for everybody. So how, how, I would definitely love Manny Pacquiao fight. We all would. We it, it's a brilliant fight. He's still one of the legends of the sport. But to be honest, he's the biggest name I think you could fight. And um, what are the talks like behind the scenes? Because we we hear rumors all the time. How 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 much how much of uh, is there machinations going on behind the scenes to make this fight after uh, the fight with Jesse? If you win that, well, if, if everything goes well uh, after the February 29th, after fighting Jesse, if everything goes well and I'm not hurt, I'm not injured in any way, I'm gonna uh, definitely resume conversations with Team Pacquiao to try to secure a fight with him. Um, you know, we, we were in discussions uh, uh, prior to, to me agreeing to fight Jesse Vargas. Um, and Manny Pacquiao has a uh, few obligations in the in the Philippine, uh, Filipino government. So it was kind of, you know, unsure if I would be able to get him, you know. And then I didn't want to just sit around and wait at the same time. So we took on a fight, you know, we're fighting Jesse Vargas. But his team, you know, Manny Pacquiao's team seemed very interested in fighting me. They like the fight. They like the matchup. Um, it just, you know, like I said, he had a few obligations out there in the government, you know, his, his duties. And uh, that's why, you know, I couldn't just sit around and wait. But I, I feel that this year there's a very, very strong chance that, you, that, that you're going to see me and Manny Pacquiao face each other this year. Mikey, are you totally done now with 140 pounds? Is 147 welterweight? Is that where you're going to be obviously playing out your career now? No, I'm not. I'm not finished. I, I feel, you know, if things uh, are not aligned to fight Manny Pacquiao or any other top welterweight after the fight with Jesse Vargas, then I'll, I'll look at 140 and see who else is available. Uh, I know I just saw that Josh Taylor recently yeah. just uh, signed with top rank, so that might make things a little more difficult for me to get the title fights at 140. But uh, I mean, if the opportunities are available, I'll definitely, you know, consider it, you know, strongly. In fact, I was looking into fighting Josh Taylor before agreeing to fight Jesse Vargas. We looked into fighting Josh Taylor, but like I said, he was unavailable for the time that we needed the the, the fight, and you know, just it, it didn't happen. But uh, 140, 147, I think I think I can prove to everybody after this fight that I'm a key player in, 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 at any division. What do, What do you make of the talent at 140? Obviously, you were 
a, a world champion there and obviously a world champion lower down at 135 and obviously lower down as well, my friend. But what do you make of, you mentioned Josh's name there and obviously Ramirez of the belt holders currently at 140. What do you make of them? No, I, I think it's, it's a talented division, you know, and, and Jose Ramirez being that he's in, in our team, you know, mm. trained by my brother, that's definitely, you know, out of the picture. We would never face each other. Yeah. But uh, you got you have a lot of other fighters who are talented who can make you know some interesting matchups. Uh, Regis Progre being one of them. Uh, if, if Josh Taylor is available and I'm able to work my way into a fight with Josh Taylor, I think that'd be a great matchup. Uh, he's very talented. You know, he's young and hungry and newly you know unified champion. So I mean, there's there's other names as well. So the the, the divisions are great. You know, 140, 147. I think I got mm. plenty of options. But that's why I like about my position. I can move up and down either 40 or 47 and, and challenge, you know, the biggest uh, names available. Mikey, if we could get you out of Bakersfield, California, and to the UK, I mean, in the last year or mm-hmm. two, Alexander Usyk, Vasil Lomachenko, Regis Progre, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of other names, Errol Spencer's fought here, of course, against Cal Brook. You're still riding that motorbike, I can hear in the background. Um, <laughs> that, um, that is, are you aware of how big boxing is in the UK now for big stars? I, I mention all those names. Would you like to come over here and fight at some point, say against oh. a Luke Campbell or a, or a Josh Taylor? Uh, most definitely. Look, uh, I know uh, you know boxing is huge in, 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 over in the UK, and, and I know I have a lot of fans as well. But... Yeah. Uh, if the right fight is available, I don't have no problem moving over there, you know, for, for a fight. You know, if Josh Taylor is available and top ranker agrees to, to a fight and they happen to feel that, you know, out there in, in the U.K. makes better sense, I have no problem going over there. I mean, I, I fought Errol Spence in Dallas, Texas, his home backyard. I mean, mm. I don't have a problem fighting anybody anywhere. Um, I think it's terrific for the fans. I think it's a great opportunity for, for, for all my fans and just boxing camp in general to, you know, see me, you know, live. And, uh, I mean, I would love to go visit and, 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 and have a fight out there. Can I, can I just digress? What, what is that noise in the background? Is someone racing up and down near you or not? Yeah, I'm right here. I'm, I'm outside a patio with, 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 next to the street. So, yeah, you're going to hear a lot of cars and engines out here. <laughs> Do they all yeah. drive muscle cars in the area? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people like to drive fast, man. They, they shouldn't, but... <laughs> no, no, they should. There's nothing wrong with a muscle car. Um, look, 40 fights... Um, You've been around, I think it's 15 years as a pro now. Mm. Um, you're still so young, 32. And, you, you know, you, you're, you're also part of the... I know you took part with Bernard Hopkins in the summit for, for brain health. How yeah. long... I mean, you know, you've got a brilliant style. You, you, you've, you've never been beaten up um, in a fight. I mean, the Spence fight was very tough, of course. But how long will you go on? And given that you're, you're, you're very salient and very, very knowledgeable and, and you know, you, you have all your faculties, you're one of the, I think you're one of the leading kind of, um, I don't know, examples in the world of how a career can go really well at the very top level including that year and a half battle with 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 top rank that you sat out and you had to sit out a good part of your career but but stuck to your guns how long will you go on you know very few people get to 50 fights these days look i'm I'm gonna keep going until my body uh shows signs you know that it's time to stop you know I'm, i'm very motivated right now i'm hungry i got the fire i got the passion for it 
So I don't feel like I'm going to stop anytime soon, you know, unless my body tells me otherwise and I start seeing some signs of decline, then I'll, I'll, I'll look into retirement. But in the moment, like I said, I feel like I'm in my prime. I'm, I'm, I'm in better than ever. You know, I, I feel like there's no, no stopping me. So, I mean, this could be, you know, five years, six years. It could be three years, depending on my body. But, I mean, I don't, I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Um, just, just finally, Mikey. Obviously, um, as as Gareth alluded to there, you obviously are very savvy. You manage your own career, but for this particular fight with Jesse Vargas, you've teamed up with Eddie Hearn, and obviously he's Mike Shroom stable for this one fight. And maybe down the line there might be uh, a couple more. How are you finding working uh, with the British promoter? Because I've seen that he's uh, he's had you wearing um, American football helmets and all sorts this week, my friend, in order to uh, to promote the fight. <laughs> No, look, uh, I've I've uh, spoken to to Eddie for I've met him like over a year a year and a half ago, and, and ever since we we started you know talking having conversations, he's always been very straightforward, uh, very very open about everything you know, and, and very transparent, which is something that I really appreciate. And I really like about about the way he handles business, the way he manages himself. So it, it works out well. You know, we have to respect each other. We have to make sure that you know we understand where where business. You know, uh, you know, it's good for both, and and that's that's the way I've been doing all my my last fights. You know, I've been doing fight by fight deals. You know, one off fights, and this time working with Eddie has been uh, no different. You know, we're we're here doing business together. Um, you know, if things go well and then the relationship continues, you know, we can definitely keep keep this up. You know, I, I could have you know multiple fights with them. Yeah, as long as, you know, the fights are available. I'll, I'll keep working. That I've got I've, I've, Adam had a question of, about Eddie Hearn and I wanted to ask you about Eddie Hearn as well. I just wonder, you know, Eddie talks like that, you know, and he's a, have you got have you got an impersonation of Eddie Hearn yet? Have you got his voice down yet, Mikey, or not? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not good at accents. I'm not good at impersonations. I'm not. I'm not an actor like that. But uh, no, he, he's a great guy. You know, I, I I like working with him and I love to sit down and talk and we talk boxing not only just about my own. You know, options, but we talk boxing in general, you know, other fighters and other fights as well. Listen, we appreciate your time, Mikey. I know wonderful precious, to speak friend. to you. Yeah, awesome wonderful. To to you. Thank you so much, my man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate all the love and support, man. Cheers, Mikey. Take care. Take care. Enjoy camp. Um, Mikey Garcia there, obviously getting ready for his fight with uh, Jesse Vargas coming up uh, Feb 29th. It's at the Ford Center uh, in Frisco. Will you be there? Are you going out to Texas? You you always like a little bit of a trip out to America, you, at the back end of February? Do you know what? I'm fancying it. Yeah. I am actually fencing that. It's going to be a great occasion, and I was going to go and visit the great George Foreman at home in North uh, North Houston as well and go to one of his um, sermons at the, the George Foreman Church. What do you reckon? Well, mate, that's a bit of me, that. That's a bit of me. Our final guests on Saturday Night's show were Kid Galahad and Dom Ingle, the boys uh, from Sheffield who narrowly missed out on a decision against Josh Warrington last year. Well, the IBF have rewarded Kid Galahad with an eliminator fight, of which if he comes through, he will be mandatory challenger once again uh, for Josh's title. We caught up with both men at an open workout this week. We'll start with the boxer, shall we? Because Kid uh, was speaking to Gareth about his upcoming IBF eliminator. It's a big year for you, this. Last year was a big year as well. Um, there were some kind of leveling moments, but there were some there were some moments where you know, you, you you just you've always said you're going to be a world champion. You know it's in you. Last year you you were kind of 
that far away from being a world champion. Some people's eyes, you should have won and been a world champion. How do you feel looking back on, on your battles last year? Listen, um, it was a close fight. And, you know, I believe I won. Judge has seen it differently. You know, the IBF have given me a, a straight, you know, mandatory final eliminator. And they never do that for nobody. So, you know, February the 8th, Sheffield Arena. I'm fighting a kid called Claudio Moreiro, who's a hell of a fighter. He's dangerous. He can bang, he can punch. I've got to be 100% switched on. You know, I've been in the gym since the second day of, you know, after my last fight. You know, I lived a life, you know, and... I've got to go in there and do a, a, a number on this kid. I can't afford to make no form of mistake because this kid can bang and it's going to be, you know, a very tough night for me. But you can box and you can bang um, if you want to. Yeah, you know, I, I believe I can do a bit of it. I, I think I'm not exceptional at anything, but I'm good at everything, you know. <laughs> I, That's very modest of you to say that. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I can do everything exceptional in the ring, but I, I believe, you know, I can do everything good. And, you know, to be a good athlete and an exceptional athlete, I think that's what you've got to do. You know, the best athletes don't do nothing spectacular, but they do all the basics good. Is the key in this fight, that old saying in boxing, that you need to box when he fights and fight when he boxes in this contest? Yeah, you know, Claudio, Claudio is very well-rounded. And, you know, when I get in that ring, obviously I'm going to chop and adjust and change a few things when I get in there. But, you know, I've got to be switched on. I can't afford to make no mistakes with this kid. And, you know, from the get-go, you know, I can't let this kid get going because if you let someone like him get going, it's going to be a very, very hard night. You're both highly ranked uh, in not just the IBF, though. With the BC. With the, with the BC as well. Yeah. But is, is the target in this to get back for that fight with Warrington? Who's obviously chasing a fight with Shaka Stevenson? Who's got to fight someone else soon? Yeah, um, do you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm just focused on, you know, getting this final limit out of the way. I don't really care who's got the IBF title at the time, you know. But it's the IBF you're going but, for. The, the IBF this, I'm yeah. going for, but you know, I've just got to be fully focused and stay focused on Claudio Moreiro because you know I can't afford to make no mistakes with this kid. This kid is one hell of a fighter and he's dangerous. Nobody wants to fight Claudio Moreiro for a reason. You know, nobody's going to be willing to fight this kid, you know, and um, it's going to be a very tough, tough night for me. Uh, kid Galahad catching up with Gareth uh, a little earlier on in this week. Before I get Gareth's thoughts on that, I think it's only further we get the thoughts uh, of kids trainer Dominic Ingle, who also uh, was speaking to Gareth at that same meeting. Two guys I've spoken to today, Cal Brook and Kid Galahad, both in very good mental shape. Cal particularly talking to me, Dominic about how low he felt after those two losses to Gennady Golovkin and Errol Spence. Arguably, he says, the darkest days of his life. What did you do when he was going through that? Do you have to just leave guys when they're going through that? What do you do? I've been asked that question so many times. And, you know, he boxed Golovkin in September. We didn't see him for, you know, for two and a half months and he was reports of him going out, being out all night, partying, you know, coming in the early hours of the morning, just disappeared off the face of the earth and I didn't really do anything but I think it comes to a point where, you know, he had to pull himself around and thought and, and the way he did that was just walk back into the gym, he just walked back into the gym and that's, that's the way he dealt with it because, you know, the routine disappears and they go back, to the, what they do is they go back to something that they know and all he's ever known for the last 20 years is boxing so he walks into the gym and one step after another and then got back into training 
and he trained you know well for the Spence fight but I told him he needed so much more time for that fight after the, 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 the toughness of the Glovkin and the damage and he just didn't give himself enough time it, we, I, I wanted him to start camp in December that uh, the, the year of getting beat by Golovkin and it would have been like maybe a 16 to 20 week camp and he, he had a couple of weeks and then you know rolled off it a little bit and didn't stop picking up all January and there were so many issues in that camp health wise getting run down and should he have pulled out no not really because he was in a good place when he actually got in the ring but up until the build up he, you know he had he had chest infections he had tonsillitis various things but he's so, he's so resilient he trained through it. it three weeks before that fight he was looking good he was looking sharp all these things and um I just thought to myself, you know what, he could have just done with a couple more weeks of training because he'd just come off antibiotics about four weeks before. And the way they were talking about Errol Spence, he was this and he was the, you know, the second coming of Jesus Christ. And look, I've been around boxing a long time, he's good, but he's not a Floyd Mayweather, he's not, he's not the best in the world, he's very good. But let's just mark it back a little bit. He boxed Sean Porter a couple of weeks, months back, and he got a split decision. And Kelbrook got a split decision against Sean Porter years before that and beat in America beat Sean Porter the, the Kelbrook that beat Sean Porter if he'd have turned up on the night when he boxed Errol Spencer Errol Spence Kelbrook would have completely destroyed Errol Spence well he was ahead in the fight anyway wasn't he was ahead in the fight and he would have gone on to greatness and been you know uh, heralded from high and I think that's really what got to Kel but I said to Kill, that's how boxing is, it's about timing and you've got the responsibility to yourself. You cannot take boxing lightly, you cannot even take your foot off a gas for a minute in any aspect because there's going to be somebody there watching and waiting to take over and, you know, you've only got yourself to blame. But he, I give him credit, he's pulled himself around every time. Um, and especially when he got beat by Spence, he went a complete year again from May round to the following March and beats Rabchenko in Sheffield in a great performance it's been about three or four rounds knocked him out and then that was the year Brendan died things went a little bit wrong he got burgled my dad died and that's when he went and trained somewhere else and it kind of started to unravel from that point onwards and that's generally it does happen bad things happen he's, he's back in the gym now he's been in the back, back in the gym for four or five months uh, he's good on his way time is very unforgiving you get older as a boxer you, your mind thinks he can do things and he's, you've got to be very careful training fighters at this age because I've got to watch what he's doing sparring. He had a spar last night with a young guy and uh, Shaq Thompson from Sheffield, tough guy, southpaw, young, aggressive, can punch. And I just know Kel, I just knew enough, enough to, to all man him and, and kill and con him, but it was more to do with reflex and timing. And Kel has shown very little loss of everything. I so you're very happy with it? Yeah, happy with it. And that's where you, you know... You get, you, you know, you have to gauge these fighters. What have they got left? And from what I've seen, he's still got what he needs to have. So there you have it. Action-packed. Josh Taylor, Clarissa Shields, Josh Warrington, Mikey Garcia, Kid Galahad and Dominic Ingle. Doesn't get better than that, does it? Next week, myself and Gareth are going to be in Las Vegas for the return of Conor McGregor. UFC 246 will be our focus, but we hope as well, whilst we're over there, to catch up with a certain heavyweight who hopes to become the WBC heavyweight champion of the world as he rematches Deontay Wilder. That's right. He's out there right now training. We're catching up with the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury. So catch him on next week's show, live on the radio from 9 o'clock on TalkSport or via this podcast feed. So make sure you subscribe via iTunes or hit us up 
via the TalkSport website. We'll catch you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.